We're going to take a field trip today to Whiting, New Jersey, to the Keswick Bible Conference, where I was speaking on the Assyrian people. I want you to hear this message because these people seemed to disappear from history in 612 BC when they were defeated by the Babylonians, but they are going to reappear in history when they take their place with Israel and Egypt in order to bring a blessing to the entire world. You don't want to miss this message. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Finding and knowing God is a faith walk. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Our hope lies in the coming Messiah, who will establish God's peaceful kingdom on earth. This is Faith Walk with Ron Susak. Dr. Ron is an evangelist committed to encourage and equip your faith walk as we pass through these turbulent end-time days awaiting that soon-coming kingdom. Here again is Ron Susak. Let's pray together before we begin. And I want you to pray with me. I, I really don't want to be the speaker this morning. Uh, if, I, if I had my choice this morning, I would ask those two to continue singing and just let me alone with the Lord. And because um, I want him to really be the speaker. Father, in the next few moments, guide my thoughts, my words, that I'm attracting no one to anything but you and your will and your heart. So we pray that you will be with us in an unusual way this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. My world is changing, and I want to invite you into it because I know that it's as unfamiliar for many of you as it is for me. If you uh, took the magazines and looked at the magazines, you may have seen some scenes, some pictures in there that looked a little bit strange to you. You probably saw one picture where I'm on my knee with a man with a robe and something on his head with his hand on my head. And you're saying, that's not American. What is that? That's the fact that I have learned over the years what authority is about. And you don't go any further in life You can achieve nothing beyond where you have knelt before authority. And when I first met a a, um, patriarch of the Assyrian church, I met him in Chicago, and he lives in in lived in uh, northern Iraq, but he was in Chicago. And I sat beside him with this copy of my book that was just out handed it to him, and he sat there running his hand over the title and the book, and he smiled. And I said, I want you to know that I understand authority. You cannot exercise authority one bit more than you're first submitted to it. And God has placed you in a position of authority over the Assyrian people worldwide. I am not here as a hero Reaching the Assyrian people, I'm here as your servant. And tears formed in his eyes. You don't rarely see that in leadership. You see people competing with you. 
And I said, I am not going to go any further in my work with the Assyrian people until I have your blessing. And that's what he was doing. When I went to get on my knee, he started to hold me up. I said, no, I'm not bowing to you. I'm bowing to God. My friend, we need to learn in America. We've learned independence, sometimes in a wrong way. We've learned self-sufficiency. How many have heard the saying that that Jeremiah was the weeping prophet, prophet? How many have heard that? I totally disagree with that. If you read the book of Jeremiah very carefully, you'll be surprised to see that over 90% of the time, that is not Jeremiah weeping, that is God weeping. God is doing the weeping. And God is, is describing that the pain is like that of a woman giving birth. This is God speaking. That is how deeply God is impassioned about you and about me and about the people in the Middle East and the people in Russia. God so loves the world. That little word, so, don't underestimate it. There's no height or depth or length or width that can match the intensity of that one little word. For God so loves you. He has sat on his throne weeping over you. And when he gives you a calling, part of that calling is the groaning of the Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 8, that enters you and you realize, I don't even have those affections. What is going on inside of me? It's the Holy Spirit groaning in prayer back to the Father for the broken heart of our Father God in order to pour out His Spirit upon these people. That's the inner dynamic of the world that I'm entering. And I've said to you this week already, I know that God has called me into an arena that is totally humanly impossible. No hero can ever penetrate it. It can't be done. Only the Holy Spirit can do it. And if we're going to do it, it has to be done God's way. That means, this, I'm using myself as an illustration, but this is true for your life as well. If you have a son that's a rebel or a daughter who's wayward, what do we do in intercession? We've got to allow the agony of God to become our agony. And that his Holy Spirit has freedom within us to groan back to God with words you won't even understand. For you it may only be groaning, but God the Father and God the Holy Spirit understand what's happening, and that's when you are moving heaven against hell. That is when Satan backs up. That's when the gates of hell are powerless. That's when you invade the land of the enemy. Let let me take you into this world a little bit. 
is foreign to me, believe me. They eat different food. They speak Aramaic. Many of them, many speak English. Their cultural patterns are so different. Yet it's amazing, the ones that I've met that are born again, you'd think they were all Baptists like I am. Our hearts are blended. I, I come from a Baptist background. My wife comes from an independent background. She's still independent. No, I'm <laughs> So I understand fundamentalism. I was raised in it. Across the road from my Baptist church when I was a boy was a Greek Orthodox church, which meant Satan lived there, right? And the Catholic church, definitely Satan lived there. And we had all these barriers and biases. We couldn't even talk to each other. Now God has thrown me into the Middle East where they dress like they did in that Orthodox church across the road, where they burn candles. Wake up, Ron. When I bowed before this patriarch asking him to bless me, that opened the door to three and a half million Assyrians who said, if our patriarch approves, we will listen. You get it? You don't just walk into that world because I'm from America, I know Jesus, you'll never get through the door. I hope that you are becoming a member of my one million team. What is that? I'm not asking you to join an organization. I'm asking you to stay in the church where you are. I'm asking every pastor and every bishop and every patriarch and every believer on earth to join me, become part of this team that we're calling Faith Walk. What what is our goal? Our goal is to equip and encourage one million Christians worldwide to bring an average of 100 people to salvation in their lifetimes. Now, You may only be able to bring one, a husband, a wife, a son, or daughter, or you may be able to bring a thousand. But if we average 100 apiece, we will get 100 million people out of the hands of Satan, out of the grip of hell, and into the glory of heaven. Think about that. And what's interesting is that we in the West have been cut off from a larger segment of Christianity. And because they dress differently and do some different customs, we assume they can't be right. Let me show you how right they can be. This is in the book, The Assyrian Prophecy. There was a patriarch, and this occurred, let me make sure that I've got this correct. This occurred at the turn of the century. His name was Mar. Mar means Mr. Mar uh, uh, Benjamin Shamoon. And Mar Benjamin Shamoon was invited by a Kurd named Simcoe to come to his headquarters to talk about peace. Understand that the Kurds have been massacring, stealing their homes, stealing their properties. For decades. And he said, come and we'll talk about peace. My memory serves me correct, it was about 1929. And the patriarch 
was urged by his own Assyrian people to go and meet with Simcoe. Hopefully, he will then make peace and help protect them from the Turks. Turkey, you know what I'm talking about? He got there. He was escorted by 50 armed Assyrian militants. Arrived in his horse and carriage, went into a lengthy two to three hour lunch and discussion. Everything was sweet and lovely. And then Simcoe escorted him out, showering him with praise and bowing and kissing his hand and all the things they do. And as the patriarch was getting in his carriage, Simcoe's warriors rose up from the rooftops and just pelted and murdered 48 of the patriarch soldiers. The patriarch dove over the horses to try to fall between them, and he was murdered on the spot. Two men survived to tell the story, eyewitnesses. When they got to those two men, they were screaming into their ears. The two men couldn't even hear them because of all the gun. Their their ears were swollen shut. Benjamin's brother, Marpolis, became the next patriarch. Marpolis went to a refugee camp to address broken, shattered Assyrians. Sitting there in rags, their lives torn to shreds from World War I. Many in their own families on the Stacks of bodies that were piled up because over two-thirds of the Assyrian nation was massacred just for being Christians. Uh, American Christians, are you beginning to realize how God has given us an unbelievable ride in America? It's coming to a close, but are you beginning to get the picture? And we've been saying they can't be Christian because they dress differently. They, they light candles. They do that. Here they are, refusing to deny Jesus Christ with a machine gun in their face. It humbles and scares me to be around some of these people. Marpolis stood in front of this shattered, broken, devastated group of Assyrians in a refugee camp in northern Iraq. And here are just some excerpts from his message. I had this marked carefully, and I didn't want to mark it because somebody will want this book. And since I read out of it, it'll be marked up. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Just kidding, believe me. Oh, here we go. These are just excerpts. I am not seeking your assistance in word only talking to these broken people, but also in your deeds and in your Christian conduct. Now, keep in mind, his brother was just massacred. Forty-eight soldiers with him massacred. The whole nation devastated. Tens of thousands dead. Family members dead of the people sitting in front of him. You and I must together keep close to the mercy seat of Christ. I'll try to get through this. 
that he may enable us to conduct both the affairs of the church and the nation in accordance with his own holy will. The Holy Scriptures are full of promises for us if we only ask by faith. However, corresponding with our humble petitions and our declaration of dependence upon the Lord, there must also appear the beauty of our Christian conduct and our Christian life. Do you still have the picture of who he's talking to? Shattered people, the world would be sitting there in rage, ready to take out vengeance on the Kurds. And he's talking to them about honoring Jesus Christ. Our history of 16 centuries should be a lesson to us. During the long years, that our past we have suffered afflictions, persecutions, and massacres, which are beyond the power of human pen to describe, and that's true. And yet we have not been consumed. Wow. Awesome. We have been preserved, and get this. These are the people God is privileging me to enter into their world. We have been preserved and kept by a mighty hand and by a holy will. This should be an assurance for us that God, the Father, has a holy purpose concerning us. My beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, that's why I'm begging for your prayers and hope that God may even stir your hearts to enter this world with me in your prayer life. There is a holy will. They are the people of the prophecy. They are going to reign with Egypt and Israel under the Messiah, bringing blessing to the whole world. This man's aware of the holy will that's upon them, even though your family members have been martyred. We have been preserved and kept by a mighty hand and by a holy will. This should be an assurance for us that God, the Father, has a holy purpose concerning us. And the purpose must surely be that we may become a light and a blessing to the millions of our race, humanity, who still remain far away from the truth of the gospel. Man. I don't know what I would say if I was standing in that position. And I was raised to think that They must be the devil. And here's a man who's saying, even though we have suffered martyrdom now for 2,000 years, remember Genghis Khan killed them. Tamerlane killed them. World War I killed them. World War II killed them. And they buried them in obscurity. I was in a rage when I was being stirred to write this book. When I watched the television in 2017, not one newscaster, not one newscaster ever said Assyrians were martyred by ISIS today. You know what they said? Christian minorities were killed today. You know what a minority is? It's a faceless, nameless, who cares about them person. Right? Who cares about a minority? 
Blow them away. All right, they died. We have McDonald's. You with me? You know what I'm saying? We live in this world whereby we can't be driven to enter into the desperation of what's happening to our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world. You'll read a story in the book about a young man in Egypt. I hope to someday meet his family. Egyptian Coptics, they call them because of a language thing, Coptic Christians, they're Egyptians. They all wear a cross tattooed on their arm, right here, small cross. I was being driven to the airport by a, 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 a Coptic man in, in New York City. When I found out he was Coptic, I said, where's your cross? He went like that. Put his hand right across, right in front of my eyes. There was the cross. This young man was in school, and the teacher in front of the class demanded that he burn that cross off of his wrist. This happened just within the last year. Burn that off your wrist. You know what that young man did? He tore his shirt open, and there was a cross right on his chest. And they chased him to the laboratory and beat him to death while we sat chewing on McDonald's hamburgers. I'm not rebuking you. I'm just showing you the difference and why, why we fail to enter into the reality that we're in a spiritual war and our brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing unbelievable horrors. And that's the world God has driven me brokenheartedly to enter. Not just to weep and pray, and I'm not exaggerating before God, I'm telling you that I have been, I've lost more sleep than anyone can imagine spending my nights in prayer. Because only God can penetrate this. Only the coming of Christ will overcome it. But in the meantime, we can do something about it. We can help these people. We can encourage them. Many of them, they are Christian, but many of them are biblically illiterate. You are theologians compared to most of them. Why? Because their patriarchs were not able to be Bible scholars teaching them the Bible from Dallas Theological Seminary. They were both the religious leaders and the political leaders negotiating, trying to save their people from the Turks and the Kurds and dealing with all kinds of disputes and difficulties. They didn't have time to study their Bibles. The patriarchs, the priests, they didn't have time to study their Bibles. They were struggling for survival of their people to get them through the centuries. And that's why I believe God has led us so miraculously into television. Along with getting their story out through television, I'm committed to do everything in my power to teach them the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. And I'm thrilled to tell you many of them are really getting it. Many of them are coming to understand the difference between being Christian and being born again. You understand what I mean by that, right? Being Christian by a structured faith and knowing the living God through Christ. 
Does that mean those other ones who were martyred, who didn't understand rebirth, does that mean they are not in heaven? I don't believe that. All we're doing is awakening to them the greater understanding of our relationship with God. And those who are getting it, I have one of them on my board right now. Those who are getting it, they are just cheering me on. Please keep preaching. In fact, the first television program we did that's on YouTube, it can be, we encourage them to direct people to it. You must be born again. We explained this thing. What is rebirth? My friend, please, you understand, I'm not suggesting in the slightest to try to put you on some kind of a guilt trip. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe the Holy Spirit will draw you in a little bit to my world because I can't tell you how deeply and desperately we need the support of the body of Christ. Number one, and no exaggeration, we must have prayer support. The Assyrians are walking this planet with a target on their back. Satan must scatter them, kill them, stop the prophecy, because when that prophecy is fulfilled, he's chained for a thousand years. Now, Dr. Ron has been talking to us about the end time days and wants us to prepare for the coming kingdom. And he has written a book titled The Assyrian Prophecy. That is a missing part of the end times puzzle. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Write, for these words are true and faithful. The world is not ending. God is preparing a new world soon to begin. An ancient nation thought lost to extinction is soon to rise anew to prepare for that day. Isaiah identified this nation in a prophecy that has been hidden in plain sight for some 2,700 years. Its name is Assyria. My new book, The Assyrian Prophecy, reveals how Assyria will join with Israel and Egypt to bless the world under the soon-coming Messiah. Amid today's chaos, God is searching for righteous people through whom He will bring the prophecy to completion. When you reach the end of this book, one question will be in your mind. Lord, what would you have me to do? You can learn more at theassyrianproject.org. This has been Faith Walk with best-selling author, pastor, and evangelist, Ron Susek. If you would like to know more about Dr. Ron and our mission, visit our website at faithwalk.org. Dr. Ron would also like to invite you to join his growing team called One in a Million. Our goal is to encourage and equip one million Christians worldwide to bring an average of 100 people each to salvation. To let Dr. Ron know that you want to stand with him as one in a million, go to faithwalk.org and sign up today. We're certain you appreciate Dr. Ron's straightforward teaching of God's Word, along with his strong invitation to find salvation through Christ. But he needs your help in spreading the gospel to the far reaches of the world. Join our team by going to faithwalk.org and clicking on Partner With Us. Thank you for your gift to help Dr. Ron in building lives by advancing the teaching of God's Word through the programs of Faithwalk. You may never know until heaven whose lives you've impacted somewhere around the world. 
So please accept and enjoy your copy of The Assyrian Prophecy as our personal thank you for standing with us at Faith Walk. Well, thanks for being with us today, and we hope you'll join us again next week as we find courage for the journey in our Faith Walk.